Welcome to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, where America's top cleaning expert shows you the ins and outs of keeping a clean home and a clean business. From expert advice to cutting-edge interviews, Debbie uses her 30 years experience to bring you the insight you need to be cleaning up. And now, here's your host, Debbie Sardone. Welcome back to another episode of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. I'm your host, Debbie Sardone, and we have a terrific show for you today. Today, we're talking about no excuses, there's still time to succeed. In our Go Get Her segment, let's talk about age. Now, I know that is a touchy subject for most of us. I know I sure don't like to talk about my age. And uh, many of you know I've owned my business for over 30 years. But what you don't know is I started that business when I was 10 years old. (laughs) Not. But anyway, moving on. Touchy subject about age. Uh, Recently, I talked with a brand new client. Uh, Many of you know I do business consulting and training with maid service owners all around the country and literally around the world. And she asked me, Debbie, I'm about to turn 60. Is it too late for me? Is it too late for me to get out of the field and succeed in this business? Is it too late for me to grow? And I thought, you know, this is a perfect subject for today's broadcast. And I was looking on the Internet, and I read about Earl. At age 88, Earl and his wife, Gloria, who was 85, started commercially bottling and selling the Moroccan sauces and spices that she had been concocting at home under the brand name Carissa. And after Gloria passed away, Earl, now 91, soldiered on and even expanded the business, winning a variety of accolades, including a Best in Category Award at last summer's Fancy Food Show. You've probably seen Carissa Moroccan spices on your grocery store shelves. I know I have. And this gentleman is 91 when he really started pushing the business and winning awards and gaining notoriety for their product that they developed as a couple. It's really never too late to get started. I'll tell you about my own mom. She's just a wonderful lady, Gladys Clayton. She lives in Georgia. When she turned 65, or about the time she was turning 65, I'll never forget the phone call. She called me up. I live in Texas. She's in Georgia. And she said, honey, I want to start a maid service. I'm retiring from AT&T. I need you to teach me everything you know. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is so funny. My mom has always worked in corporate America. She's never owned her own business. She's not an entrepreneur. She's always worked for someone else. And she's ready to start her own business at 65. And I thought, you know, if, if, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And I know my mom can do it. She was always creative and brilliant and has tons of energy. She's been a widow from my dad for many years. And she wasn't ready to just retire and look at a television all day. She was ready to start a new career. So at 65, she became my first maid service business consulting client. And that's been, of course, nearly 20 years ago. She's 85 now, and she's done a fabulous job. She's been a huge success. At one point, she grew her business to over 14 employees and had an office and an office manager, and they were just killing it in her area in terms of growth and success. And she now operates the business out of her home. She still has an office manager. She still has staff and a lot of customers that count on her. 
In other words, it's never too late to succeed. Age is not an excuse. Age is not an excuse for not succeeding or not fulfilling your dreams if you have had entrepreneurial dreams. In fact, oftentimes age uh, can can be a factor in in your success in that you have more life experiences behind you. You have possibly more time to devote to a business because you're not chasing toddlers anymore like you did in your younger days. So if anything, it's not an excuse not to succeed. It actually can be a boost. So it's never too late to succeed. And I thought of some things about what helps someone succeed who maybe has launched their entrepreneurial dream later in life. And there's some basic things, no matter how old you are, that need to be in place when you succeed in order for you to succeed as an entrepreneur. First of all, you have to focus on what you know. The best entrepreneurs, the most successful entrepreneurs launch a business in some kind of an area that they're an expert or that they know, that they have knowledge in. You have to have some idea of the expertise that you hope to sell. If you're the best in town at your product or your service, you're going to succeed. You've got to have a mentor because you may not know all the ins and outs of business. You may not know all the ins and outs of the operations of your specific business that you've chosen. But if you have a mentor, a business consultant, a coach in your life, somebody who has been there, someone who has succeeded at the level you want to succeed at, invest in yourself by investing in a mentor and a coach. I'm a firm believer. Obviously, I'm biased because I do business consulting and training, but I've literally seen business owners who had been in business 10 years, 15 years, who were spinning their wheels and not making a profit, hire me, and four months later, they're making money, they're out of the field, and their business is growing. So I can't stress that enough. And then make sure you do what you love. Our next guest will be talking about a subject he absolutely loves, and of course, he's been able to turn that into a profitable business. You've got to have a passion for what you do. One of the things that I believe sets my mom apart in her business is she has a heart for women with cancer, and she uses her business to help those women in her community. Of course, she's a part of my organization, Cleaning for a Reason, the nonprofit. But she's a survivor of cancer. Uh, she had ovarian cancer, and it was looking pretty serious, and she survived that. That's my mom, an absolute survivor. And my father did not survive cancer. So she has a heart and a passion for helping others, and she uses her business to give back and to make a difference in the world. And then, of course, if you're going to succeed, you've got to have proof of concept. It's not enough that your friends are saying, oh, you ought to do that as a business, whatever it is, whether you make quilts or, or you know, you have a product that, that you've been using and you feel like you can sell it. There has to be a proof of concept in your business. Somebody has had to succeed at it or you have to know it works and solve somebody else's problems. Otherwise, you could have a business that nobody ends up wanting. So a proof of concept is very important. My mom knew to come to me when she wanted to start a maid service because she had already seen I was successful. I could show her how to do it. And there was no reason why she couldn't duplicate that success if she just followed a few basic principles and strategies. And then I'm a big believer in this. Attract people who are smarter than you. Get them on board. When you hire your first employee to help you in your business, they should be someone who uh, fills in the gaps of your own weaknesses. 
If sales are your weakness, then hire a dynamic salesperson. If you're amazing at sales, but you're terrible at um, accounting, you're terrible at the accounts receivables, so you have all these customers that owe you money and you haven't sent out invoices, then hire that bookkeeper-minded kind of a person. Hire to your weaknesses and surround yourself with smart people. Don't surround yourself with people that are dumber than you. I have learned that the hard way over the years, and I have wonderful people working for me. I have a board of directors of brilliant business owners that help me with my nonprofit, and these people are smarter than I am in areas that I need their expertise in. And then, of course, expect to make mistakes. We all make them. It's the, the difference between the people who make mistakes and, and give up and the people who make mistakes and succeed are the successful ones didn't give up. They learned from their mistakes. I've made a ton of mistakes. People will look at my business and, and feel like, oh, I want to be where you're at in business. But they don't realize how many dumb things I did along the way, how many mistakes I made and tripped over my own self. And thank goodness I learned the hard way and moved on and, and did it better the next time. And then don't undervalue the purpose that you bring in business. How does your business enrich lives, including your own? Because if your business is not enriching your life, then what's the point? I mean, most of us are not in business just to make money. We're in business to make enough money to fund the quality of life we've always dreamed of, whether it's time with family, whether it's travel, whether it's freedom in the workplace. The whole point of your business isn't just about making money. So how does that business bring value and purpose? I know for my mother at age 85, she has a reason to get up every single day, uh, a purpose in life besides family, which is also a good purpose. But she has people counting on her for their paychecks. She has employees who need her. And I think that's phenomenal. I think the purpose value of owning her own business is priceless. It's not just about the money, although that's good. It is about having purpose and meaning in your life. And don't undermine and underestimate that whole um, part of being an entrepreneur. Remember, Colonel Sanders was like in his 60s when he started Kentucky Fried Chicken. And I think uh, none of us would argue with the fact that that's been a hugely successful business. We know of it now as KFC. But Colonel Sanders, you see that picture of him in his old-fashioned white leisure suit with a little black tie, bola tie, and the, and the very white gray hair. Colonel Sanders, a huge success in his 60s. Earl and his wife Gloria in their late 80s and 90 when their business took off and succeeded and he was 91 when he was winning awards and then of course my own mom Gladys Clayton in Georgia building a, a successful maid service it's called made for you and just really dominating her space in her area and doing a fantastic job started when she was 65 so what am I saying there are no excuses in life when it comes to succeeding. It's never too late. It's never too late to pursue your, your dreams and go after them. Now stay with us. Coming up next, you're in store for a real treat as we visit with Samuel Rickards of Redo Wines. And be sure to like us on Facebook and tell your friends about our show, Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. And I really am 
more of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone is next on The Real News Communications Network. Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safer on pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. The Center for Animal Research and Education is a nonprofit providing a permanent home to over 50 abused and abandoned big cats in DFW. Come out for a tour and meet our amazing lions, tigers, and leopards. For more information, go to carerescuetexas.com. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back. This is Debbie Sardone with Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, and this is our Experts Advice segment, and I am happy to have in the studio with me today, Samuel Rickards of Redo Wines. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I am so excited to have you here. If you could only see what what you can't see on radio, and that is he brought some wine with him today, and it's sitting on the table, and and we're all just kind of drooling over it, and can't can't wait to hear a little bit about it, but... Uh, Samuel's roots stem from Sonoma, California, as you can imagine, and has and he's been in and around the wine industry for most of his life. His passion for wine, food, and sharing wine with others is what fueled his entrepreneurial pursuits. Samuel, it is just so exciting to have you here and your wine sitting on the table. Absolutely. Yeah, we have some amazing products. We have some incredible winemakers that we're partnered with. We're incredibly blessed, very fortunate to be in the position we're in. Well, you know, you're, you're a pretty young guy, and I, I'm so excited about your business, Redo Wines. I'd love to hear a little bit about your story, the Redo Wine story. Well, Redo actually uh, began as a love story in Sonoma. I uh, met my wife July 24th, 2010. She was uh, in wine country on a girl's trip to kind of get away from the uh, Dallas scene for a while and get out and drink some wine, get a uh, spa treatment, a little mud bath, and uh, have some world-class food. So she came to Sonoma, and that's where we met. Uh, Fell in love with her. We dated back and forth for about a year, and it was a beautiful courtship. I mean, it was just uh, she would fly out to wine country, I would fly into Dallas, and we just... uh, it was amazing. And uh, all the while, we talked on the phone like teenagers at night. It was it was really, really, really fun to kind of go back and fall in love again. So it really started with love. So where did that name come from, Redo Wines? Because it's a very unusual spelling. Spell Redo for us. So Redo is R-E-D-O-U-X. Um, it came from the fact that my wife and I had both been married and divorced in our previous lives. And when we met each other, we started just calling this our official Redo. So when we formed our company, we started putting it on paper and we looked at R-E-D-O and we just were kind of scratching our heads and we're like, oh, that just doesn't look right. So one day, maybe after a bottle of wine, I added the U-X and that's where it all began. We looked at R-E-D-O-U-X and uh, when we went to trademark it, it got really interesting. Really? Yeah. We, uh, it turns out it's actually a French word that means a spike in temperature during the winter season. So it really became symbolic of our relationship. 
Wow. You know, that's really great. And it seems like great brands have an incredible story behind it. And I think people can connect with your business more when they understand the, the story behind it. But I know there's more than just love story involved in business because sometimes business is just downright challenging. And I'd have to say, since you started your business, and clearly it's a successful business, I know there have been some challenges along the way. So what are some of the challenges that you faced early on when you got things started? Well, we fortunately, we have an amazing uh, support group behind us. So the challenges were just figuring out how to logistically get product into the state and then how eventually to get it to San Antonio, to El Paso, to Houston. And we had no idea. When I started this company, my wine expertise was mostly at the winery level. So I knew how to interact with the end consumer. I knew how to really represent a fine product, but I didn't really understand the logistics of a distribution model. So I had to kind of learn it all as I went. So like many entrepreneurs, we kind of have to learn as we go. We have a lot of knowledge to get us started, but then we realize how much we don't know after we launch. Correct. Wow. So for any new entrepreneur starting out, because that is what happens, is we just jump in with both feet and then try to figure it out. What advice would you give a new entrepreneur? Just really to study your business model, make sure it makes sense, uh, make sure, you know, maybe look at some other people that have a similar model and try to learn from what they're doing, read, um, get into some really good books, find a mentor, somebody that you can uh, get some wisdom from, some guidance, and think, think, think. I used to work in floor covering, we used to have a saying, measure twice, cut once. You don't want to make a decision before you absolutely know it's the right one to make. So think it through. Get advice to help you fill in the gaps. And I'm a firm believer. Read books on your subject, especially in the area of business. Absolutely. Well, fantastic. And then um, how do you set yourself apart? Because I know there's so much wine. There's the two-buck chuck version of wines. There's the $10 wines. There's the high-end wines, $100 wines. How on earth do you set yourself apart in business from your competitors? Well, for me, especially with wine, um, having been so intimately involved in winemaking, in interacting with winemakers, in harvesting grapes, I really knew what a good quality wine was when I came to this market. And my goal was to bring the small handcrafted wines to this market. So kind of a niche to bring small boutique. Like we have a wine on the table right now that they only made four barrels of. 100 cases. Wow. You know, 100 cases. There's one of 100 right here on the desk. So it's it's just uh, representing those products really made me, set me apart. The product line themselves set me apart. Yeah, you're not like everybody. You're not the big box store that has thousands and thousands and thousands of cases. You're specialized. Yeah. You're that boutique wine. People can only get certain wines from you. Yeah, and I, and I really believe that people want that. You know, after they drink, you know, the name brands for so long, you know, they're looking for something new, a new experience, and that's what we bring. We're bringing the new school of winemaking and wines to the market here in Texas. You know, you're right. Customers want to experience new things. How on earth do you get the word out nowadays? Because there's so much technology and there is so much competition. How do you get the word out to those people who want what you have to offer? Well, we, we started out with a simple Facebook page and a website. Um, I served for 14 years in the military, and I'm part of a group of uh, military veterans that are all entrepreneurs here in Dallas. So they helped me with a lot of my infrastructure a couple of retired Marine guys built my website, www.redowine.com. 
Uh, you'll notice a plug on the bottom for HCC. It's the military uh, organization that we're part of. And uh, we all wear a uh, tungsten ring on our right trigger finger. If you ever see one, that's, uh, that's part of the uh, group. And other than that, we built a Facebook page. We have Instagram, Twitter, uh, and we're actually building our own YouTube channel now. So we're, uh, we're constantly looking for new and innovative ways to, to get the word out. Tell us about your YouTube channel. What do you do with that? That's clever. You are the first person to even know about it because That's literally exciting. my 13-year-old son is really wanting to do YouTube videos. He's been really excited about YouTube videos. And I said, well, why don't you build us? you know, redo wine, a, a YouTube channel, and we'll maybe feature a wine of the week where I'll, you know, talk about it, talk about food pairings, maybe from different locations like the wine room at Del Frisco's Double Eagle Steakhouse. We could do a, a live broadcast from there and uh, just talk about different things and really keep it interesting for the viewers. I love that. And again, that's innovative. It helps you stand out from your competitors. There's no big box store going to do that. That's such a brilliant idea. And people love wine. It's a. It's not only a beverage, it's a hobby. Yeah, and it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. I think you definitely need a Periscope account. All right. <laughs> I do Periscoping several times a week. It's live broadcasting. I can imagine people who love wine following you all over the world on Periscope who want to hear about this new wine you just opened and, and watch you sample it and watch you talk about the features of the wine and all the things that you say when you're tasting. Absolutely. You know, when you can get the story, like you said, there's a story behind all these wines, like this brand right here, Wild Hog. Uh, the gentleman planted his grapes in 1976, and he was one of the first to plant on the Sonoma coast out by the ocean in Sonoma. Just an amazing story, and he still manages it with his wife today. Uh, Daniel and Marion Schoenfeld. They've had several write-ups and wine enthusiasts, but when you get to know them and you understand who they are, all of a sudden, the product, you just fall in love with it. You and just have to taste it. Yeah, you have to taste it. I think we need to taste that one soon. Well, let's do it now. <laughs> so I hope you brought your corkscrew with you, and I definitely want to hear an, a little bit more about a couple of the other wines that you brought. And, of course, after the break, if, if we're able to still talk after we've sampled some of that wine, I want to hear about some of the other wines you brought. And, of course, I want to pick your brain a little bit more about your entrepreneurial journey. Of course, you're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. We'll continue this discussion with Samuel Rickards of Redo Wines after a quick break. Don't go away. If we're gone a little bit long, it could be that we're taking sips. More of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone is next on the Real News Communications Network. We know it's not easy dealing with a loved one who drinks too much, but there's help and hope at Al-Anon Family Groups. For a meeting near you, call one 888 4 That's 1-888-425-2666. Hi, I'm Sam Jackson. Cancer will strike more than 175,000 kids worldwide this year alone. This includes infants, children, teens, and young adults. The likelihood that teens and young adults will survive cancer is far greater when treated by pediatric oncologists. Survival can depend on treatment from experts in childhood cancer and a commitment to collaborative groundbreaking research. To learn more, go to stbaldrics.org or standuptocancer.org. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. We are back and talking about no excuses today. 
in succeeding in your life and in your business. I'm your host, Debbie Sardone, at Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Our guest, Samuel Rickards, is the owner of Redo Wines, and this is our quality of life segment. What perfect timing to have our quality of life segment, since Samuel has actually opened up a bottle of wine for us to share. Samuel, thanks for staying with us. Absolutely. Well, in our quality of life segment, I just have to ask you um, a few more questions about your business. And of course, I definitely want to hear a little bit more about a couple of other wines that you brought with you today. But, you know, entrepreneurs are so busy. I know how difficult it is. I have four businesses that I juggle pretty much all at one time, and we can get really busy in a day and in a week. What is your best tip for us entrepreneurs at managing your time and getting more done in a day? So to get as much done as a day, you really have to prioritize. You have to know what can be done today, what can be done tomorrow. Um, it's just about prioritizing your your list, your activities. Uh, for me, I'm always trying to have good work-life balance. That's very important to me to uh, have a good family life but also run a good company. I agree. Prioritizing is so important because if you don't prioritize, then the urgent matters always come to the surface and get done first, and those may not be the important matters of your business. You can spend your whole day putting out fires, handling other people's emergencies, other people's priorities, but if you didn't have the priority, you could end your day literally exhausted, look over your list of things that you needed to do to move your business forward, and all you did was move somebody else's business forward or, or check off tasks from somebody else's list. Yeah, sure, and you have to make sure that you're being profitable with your activities too. You you don't want to get mired down in things that uh, you know take away from your company's profitability. Uh, you made a point earlier about hiring people to kind of take care of your weak areas. Sometimes if you're finding something that's really holding you back, you may have to bring somebody in to take care of that so you can do what you do best. And, I'm, which I'm, is, I'm so glad you said that because oftentimes business owners take for granted that profitability will be there. They think, well, if I'm good at branding, I'm good at marketing, I'm good at my skill, which you know your wine business, then profit will come naturally. But it doesn't come naturally if you don't make it happen. you got to make it happen. It can easily basically disappear in that that day-to-day -day activity and that profit has to be planned it has to be a priority so I'm a big believer in making sure it's profitable and you know sometimes when we're talking about time management business owners don't actually put a pen and a paper and a calculator to the value of their own time mm -hmm. which is a mistake because oftentimes we find ourselves working in our business as a clerk we're doing tasks that could be shifted to somebody maybe making 12 14 15 dollars an hour filing those papers, lining up those appointments, things that don't really require the skill set of the owner. And we don't value our time. What is your time worth as an entrepreneur? If it's worth $200 an hour, then why are you doing clerical tasks when you could be out closing sales and making big deals and putting together big meetings? Yeah, absolutely. That's a, a very valid point. And for me, I always equate it to when I'm at work or when I'm running my company, where am I not? I'm not with my family. So that's the real cost is that you're not with your children or you're not with your wife. So whenever I'm not with them, that time has to count. So I always make it count and I always keep that in the back of my mind that, you know, if I'm not at home and I'm not with my two and a half year old or my 13 year old, my 11 year old or my beautiful wife, that 
I've got to make that time count for something. Exactly. I think that is such a great point. I'm glad you raised that. I remember talking with a business consultant many years ago, and he said what he tells his clients when a client says, wow, how come you're so expensive? He sends them a picture of his baby daughter. I believe he was a speaker. Mm -hmm. And he sends them a picture of his baby daughter, and he says, this is why I'm $5,000 to come and speak at your conference for a weekend. Mm -hmm. It isn't that my speech is so amazing. It is that to get me away from this adorable little thing, you better pay me good. And I thought, well, that is so profound. He has put a value on his time in terms of (laughs) being away from his home. We don't get the moments back, you know. That's right. It's lost forever, so it better count. Absolutely. So, obviously, talking about family, quality of life, I know it's difficult when you're an entrepreneur and you own your own business and everything falls on you. All the responsibility is on you. How do you balance and maintain that quality of life and and keep a balance on family priorities and family time? It's a constant mental challenge for me to prioritize the tasks I have, um, know my family's schedules. As you know, with teenagers, they're always coming and going to different activities. And so between my wife and I, uh, she's a full-time dermatologist and, you know, I do this full-time. So uh, we're constantly juggling schedules and uh, you just have to be mindful of it, have a good communication system. And then when it comes to the the things of my company, I have to be able to delegate things to people and then trust that they're going to get it done. You know, obviously, as a leader, you do have to follow up. You have to make sure things are done in a timely manner. But like you said, uh, there are things that I can do and there are things that I can delegate. And so if I think I can delegate something, I'll, I'll give it to uh, one of my team and say, hey, can you work on this project for me? You know, delegation is so important for an entrepreneur. And some of the traps that entrepreneurs fall into is we tend to be perfectionists. And oftentimes we know we could do a task better than anybody else. But a really good leader, a strong entrepreneur, will delegate tasks even if the person doing it may not do it as perfectly as you would have. The price you pay for doing it yourself is that cost in family time as opposed to delegating. Absolutely. And then you never know. I mean, I, I have an amazing team. And uh, one of my one of my members of my team has a, a marketing degree, a communications degree, and so whenever I need something whipped up, like a splash page or a, a pamphlet or something like that, he's on top of it and he's amazing at it. He might take an idea that I have and do it ten times better than me because I'm not I, I'm not really good with you know making pamphlets and stuff like that. And he's amazing. So so hire to your weaknesses. Exactly. Like you said earlier, hire to your weaknesses. Surround yourself with strong, talented people and your business will grow. So I suspect you have read some great business books along the way to help you because you mentioned that in our prior segment that you do need to read. You need to build your education, your knowledge all the time. Is there any particular books that you can recommend that entrepreneur for growing? Yes, and uh, forgive me, I don't know the author of it, but it's called Borrowing Brilliance, and it was one of the most influential books for me. Uh, it basically is an entrepreneur's guide to starting a company or launching a product. And the warning, the big red flag warning of this book is don't try to do something that's never been done unless you have millions of dollars to launch that because you'll end up in a place where your business isn't thriving. However, Look at a product or a model that's in place now and put your spin on it, put your touch on it. So that's what we did with distribution. We knew that distribution was already happening in the state. I mean, obviously, every time you go to a restaurant or a store, there's wine on a shelf or there's wine on a wine list. So it's already happening. We just had to put our special spin on it. 
I love that. Borrowing Brilliance. I will definitely get that book. I'm sure if you check out Amazon, uh, you'll be able to find that. Just do a search for Borrowing Brilliance. Mm -hmm. One of the things I thought of when you said that, you know, most of us are never going to reinvent the wheel. There may be somebody that comes along and they invent the paperclip or the post-it note, but most of us are not going to have that opportunity. But what we can do is take an existing business model, make it better, solve more problems in a more unique way and stand out. And I know for my own self, in my cleaning business, early on, in the early on business years, I defined myself in a way that that none of my competition was doing. And I said, you know what, I'm going to assign one maid per home. That was unheard of. The professional maid services were all sending in teams of two, three, or four people. And one of the common things I would hear from customers who were complaining would be, man, there's too many people in my home. They come in, they rush in, and they rush out, and they hurry through the job. And we just want our home to be taken care of more carefully. And I decided, you know, I can do that better. And I, I formed a business that had a completely different approach and a different model. We would assign one maid per home, the same maid each cleaning, and stand out. And then we added cleaning for a reason. Years later, we were the only company in town that made a big effort at helping women in our community get their homes cleaned completely for free while they were battling cancer. It's about doing maybe what others are doing, but doing it better and finding a way to stand out and brand yourself. Yeah, I saw that on your website, and I saw Oprah Winfrey give you a shout-out. That was pretty impressive. That was great. Thank you so much. Yeah, the company that I own is Buckets and Bows Maid Service, and that was just an absolute, I would say, gift from God because the interview worked out at the time that she was visiting Dallas, and she was sitting at her old news desk, kind of like going back to her original roots in broadcasting, and our story came up that night. I think, personally, it was strategic on the part of the network. They didn't want Oprah Winfrey reading about maybe a rape or a murder in Dallas, so they gave her a feel-good story, which was about cleaning for a reason and how Buckets and Bows Maid Service is right there in Louisville, Texas. So what a gift. What perfect timing. Um, So... Obviously, you read good books, and and I'm definitely going to go find that book, Borrowing Brilliance, but I'm assuming there's probably someone in your life who's been very influential on your business success. Can you tell us if there is and who that is? Well, that would probably be a very long list. I'm always looking for innovative people to kind of uh, bounce ideas off of, to brainstorm with. I, I love people with high energy that just have great ideas. But behind the scenes, you've got to have somebody to, to take the idea and make it a reality. And for me, that's my wife, Amanda. Uh, whenever I have a, a wild idea, she always encourages it. But she'll help me get from idea to implementation, which, you know, a lot, anyone can have an idea. But before you take that first step towards it, you know, it's just a thought. And so she's helped me a lot with uh, organizing ideas, um, putting them to paper, getting things permitted correctly, uh, you know, just the polish, the the uh, the image that you see, uh, a big part of that's my partner. She's, she's half owner of the company with me. We started it together. And I lean on her more than any person on this planet to make sure the wheels keep going. So You know, that is so great that you have that great partnership. You know, I've been hearing this statement for years, and, and I don't know if it's sexist or not, but they... W- y- I like to say behind every great man is a great woman, and oftentimes that's true. I know that's not always the case, but it does sound like that is the case with Amanda and Samuel at Redo Wines. Um, So I would like to know what is next for uh, Redo Wines? 
Well, actually, next happened as I walked into the studio today. Uh, I was on the phone with one of my mentors, Steve Ledson. We worked together at Ledson Winery in Sonoma for a long, long time and really became family. And uh, we were talking today about a possible opportunity to start doing some private labels for restaurants uh, that are requesting that. You, you may go to a, a restaurant now and you may see a label that's there. It has their restaurant name on it. Well, that's a private label that a winemaker made. So we're now doing that. We're working on that. It's that exci- is so exciting. Well, we have run out of time, so we're not going to be able to hear the story behind the other two wines that you brought with us. But I think after the break, I might be able to get a few more sips of the wine you've already opened up. So thank you so much, Samuel Rickards of Redo Wines, for taking the the time to be on our show today if you'd like to learn more about samuel or exactly how to spell redo then just go to our facebook and like us cleaning up with debbie sardone and be sure to subscribe to our itunes podcast so you never miss a single episode you'll definitely want to share this episode with your friends and of course if you enjoyed today's episode please review us on the itunes review page we'll be right back after the break More of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone is next on The Real News Communications Network. For America's wounded warriors, coming home can be a battle in itself. The USO provides ways for all of us to support our wounded warriors. Join us. Visit USO.org to learn how you can make a difference in their lives. Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safe around pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. We are back and we are in our Go Giver segment. And we're talking about no excuses. There's still time to succeed in business and in life. When you think about your business, what comes to mind when I ask, how are you giving? Most people, most entrepreneurs, are caught up with getting and selling. So how are you giving? How are you giving back? What difference does your product or service make in the lives of other people? If you can't answer this question, then you are struggling with differentiation as well. Because giving back and making a difference in the lives of people is a part of standing out. And I don't care what business you are in. I don't care what product you sell. You will stand out best when you have an impact on lives. Think about what you're doing and how you're using your business or how your product is making a difference in the lives of other people. Some of you know one of my businesses is Buckets and Bows Maid Service. We're located in Louisville, but we serve the Flower Mound, Highland Village, and all the surrounding areas. And I've been in business for over 30 years. And I I know what it was like to be struggling day in, day out, just to grow a business and and to manage employees and to manage the high rising cost of operations. So I get how it's oftentimes hard to focus on giving back and how to stand out and how to differentiate yourself. I decided about 10 years ago that I had a skill 
that other cleaning business owners who are not my direct competitors, people around the country and even around the world, could benefit from my consulting. So after 30 years of business, I became an absentee owner. I still own the business. I have a wonderful staff that operate the day-to-day operations. And I made the decision to go into business consulting and training. And I'm able to use my business now to make a huge difference in the lives of other cleaning business owners that are struggling. There are cleaning business owners, even franchises out there that are struggling to make a profit, that have been in business for years and they're frustrated, they're spinning their wheels, or they reach a plateau in business and they don't understand why they can't get past that business, Um, or they struggle with such high employee turnover that it's actually disrupting to their growth and they don't know what to do about it. So I made a decision that I could use my business knowledge of the 30 past years of growing one of the largest, most successful, independently owned cleaning businesses in the country, and I could use that business to give back to business owners. I mean, we had, non- we had launched a nonprofit. That was 10 years ago. We're providing free services to consumers, to individuals who have cancer and need their home cleaned, but I also felt like I could help business owners. I have a passion for entrepreneurs. And I don't really care what industry they're in. I mean, I have a mastermind group in Flower Mound made up of other business owners who have nothing to do with the cleaning industry. And I just love mentoring them and coaching them. And I do that with with a partner, Art Locke. But using your business, using your expertise, especially if you're a seasoned entrepreneur, is a great way to segue into consulting, coaching, training, and building an, an additional business but also providing new meaning and new purpose to your entrepreneurial pursuits, providing um, a purpose that goes deeper than just making more money in business. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm all about profit. I'm about the bottom line. I had somebody tell me the other day, I was talking with a, a lady who owns a speaker's bureau, and she said, you're very bottom line thinking. And I said, you know, you're right. And I'm, I, that was a compliment. She was being very complimentary. We need to be bottom line thinking. If our giving is so big that it hurts our bottom line, then we have our priorities out of whack. We're we're certainly not uh, managing our priorities correctly. But sometimes you can use your business to build up other people. And so that's what I chose to do with my cleaning company, Buckets and Bows Maid Service. And I use my business and my years of experience to build other businesses around the country and around the world. And I'm very proud of that fact because in the 10 years I've been doing consulting, I have seen, literally seen, many cleaning business owners transform their business into a profitable one, into a business where employees actually feel proud to work for the owner, and where the owner feels proud of the job that they created for their employees because they were able to be profitable enough to offer a better experience, to actually add benefits to their business. And so think about how you can give in business. Certainly if you're a seasoned professional, you know your industry, you know your craft, you have succeeded in your business. Why not think of ways how you can help other businesses, especially in your own industry? And that doesn't mean you help your competitors. That doesn't make sense, and, and that's not necessarily smart if you have 
a, uh, a business that would be hurt by working directly with competitors. In fact, I refer competitors who call me for business consulting and training to a few other independent consultants that I uh, recommend. And so when you have an expertise and you can help others, especially others that are outside your direct competitive market, think about helping those business owners grow and expand. One of the things I did just last weekend, in fact, was I held a business training field trip at my office, and I had cleaning business owners from around the country fly in. We limit it to 10 guests, and it is fee-based. Obviously, they don't come for free. We do charge a fee for this, but they flew in, and they were able to spend an entire day from 7 a.m., Till four till five thirty p.m. in the afternoon, uh, doing a deep dive look at my business. So they got to see the inner workings of a successful million-dollar maid service and uh, what we do on a day-to-day basis. They got to interview my uh, scheduling coordinator, the person who handles schedules full time. They got to interview my office manager, the person who handles the day-to-day operations. She does the uh, hiring and the firing and managing all of the administrative staff. They were able to listen in on a live sales quote as inbound calls come in for service and our sales manager gives uh, pricing and quoting over the phone. They got to interview her about her day and the processes that she goes through throughout the day. They were able to see our paperwork flow through the office and how uh, first-time cleans flow through the office, go into a pending tray, go into a follow-up call tray, and then go into uh, a place where we put brand-new clients who have come on board for repeat service. So they were able to experience all of that live. And I just love doing that. And the owners just love it. It's, they, they leave and their brain hurts. We, we go over so much information. And again, for an entrepreneur who has this expertise that they can share and help others with, this is another area that you can monetize. This can become another profit center in your business. It is basically selling your knowledge. It is that uh, information category that only someone who has been successful for years can dominate. And I know in my own field of consulting, I have this niche group that I know I can help the best of, of, of over any group I can help is the residential cleaning business. Now, there are a few things you have to do in order to succeed if you're going to do this. Number one, you have to be transparent. And I know that's hard because that means you, you let people into your life and they get to see your bumps, your bruises, your warts, as well as your best foot forward. So, If I'm not transparent with the people I'm trying to help, the people I'm trying to coach and mentor, I'm not really giving them, uh, number one, their money's worth, and number two, I'm not really giving them what they need in business. You've got to be transparent. I have to tell people and show people where our weaknesses are and where we need to do better and how we overcame this major problem that maybe occurred last week or last month or last year. So transparency is key. And not everybody is comfortable with that. You have to give generously. When you are mentoring or consulting with other people, especially if it's fee-based, you can't be stingy with your information. You cannot constantly try to upsell them to get more money out of them. You have to give generously or people 
will go away and they'll find someone else to work with. I'm a firm believer in giving more than they ever expected that you would give. I give them forms. I give them email support. I gave them uh, a, a dinner Thursday, uh, Friday night after we worked hard all day. We all went to a wine tasting, and then we came back to my home, the 10 of us, and we had dinner together, which I had catered in. Give generously. They weren't expecting that. They figured they'd have to buy all their own meals when they come into town. But my firm belief is they need to leave feeling like, wow, not only did I get what I paid for, I got more than what I paid for. And these principles apply in business, no matter what business you're in. This doesn't just apply in consulting. Give generously, give more than the customer thought they were going to get. And then ask for feedback. This is really important. And in consulting, that's kind of painful. How did I do? What would you have done differently? How, uh, how satisfied were you with your overall experience? I am always asking for feedback from my consulting clients. I want to know, what did you learn? Was there an aha moment? Was there anything in this experience that you would have changed? And over the years, this is, I've had several of these business field trips, business training field trips. Over the years, I've had to learn the hard way because of the feedback I received about things that I needed to stop doing or they wish I had done during the field trip. I know one of those uh, items of feedback years ago was when they shared I didn't stay stick to the itinerary. I would let someone who asked too many questions let me uh, send me off on a rabbit trail and I wouldn't stick to my itinerary. So I've over the last few years I've learned you got to stick. And then of course you need to be open to suggestions. Not just feedback, but you need to be open to change. You need to be open to new things and new ideas. That's one reason why as a business consultant, I'm so glad I still have my cleaning business because things change. Over the last five years, many things have changed in terms of social media and technology. And if you're not open to change, then you're quickly going to get stale and your information will become outdated. And so you've got to be open to change and you need to embrace change so that you can share that with others. And then, of course, embrace your competition. I oftentimes refer people to my competitors. Don't be intimidated. Don't don't uh, be antagonistic about your competitors. Even in my own maid service, I have referred people to my competitors. I like my competitors and I have a good relationship with them. And even in consulting, I regularly in, uh, refer people who come to me who I don't feel I'm a good fit for them. I don't believe I can help them the best. I will refer them to other consultants within my industry. So embrace your competition and, and be a good leader. So I hope that helps. Make sure you're a giver. Giving is how you receive. And I, tr I, I trust that if you give, and I hope you will know if you give, it will come back tenfold in your business. Now, you've been listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. I'm your host each week. So be sure to subscribe to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on iTunes and leave us some feedback while you're there. Talk to us after the show on our Facebook page, Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. And we'll see you next time.
For more information on cleaning up, visit us on Facebook and Twitter or at DebbieSardone.com.